0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on April the 26th, 2022. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, my co-driver, Caffeine Rage. On today's episode, we will be doing the April Game Club, which is Eurotruck Simulator 2. We'll be talking about our next Game Club game, Sonic Goes Retro in a Bad Way, Roblox FTC Inquiry possibly coming up over Deceptive Ads, Wormworld is unbanned in Australia, we'll have a weekly community corner where PlayStation is seeking a senior director to lead its PC planning and strategy, and, if time allows, we will have a Steam Discovery Queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes, following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. What's shaking, Megan?
1: Uh, not too much. Just parked here in a uh, random Eastern European country.
0: <laughs> right. Do you still have EuroTruck up? Uh, I no. St-
1: okay. I'm, I'm purposely sitting,
0: uh, hidden on Steam right now.
1: Uh... Why are you just hiding? So
0: I don't get dist- just just so I don't get distracted. Uh, no, no, why are you
1: hiding? What what Good did you what what did, what did you do?
0: I had, didn't do anything. Not this time, anyways. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Uh, no, that, all-
1: no, this sounds like you're you're hiding. Uh, who? who do, oh no, it, Sarah found your uh, Steam account, right?
0: God though. No, that would be hilarious. <laughs> I wouldn't be hiding from that. I would be sending like tons of of random gifts. Till she was like, "Please stop, please! No, I'm no, begging you."
1: No, no, you, you. Know what I would do? What? I, I start uh, sharing like the binding of Isaac. <laughs> oh no,
0: <laughs> that wouldn't go over well with her. Which I mean, I, honestly, I don't care, but it would. It would be a, a tiny hassle, a little inconvenience.
1: Yeah, well, nobody talks to me anyway, so I didn't have to log off of Steam or go hidden or anything. Touche. All alone.
0: My tabletop people will sometimes message me and be like, hey, do you want to play such and such game? It's like, no, I'm busy. Or no, I just like need to chill out. Or no, I'm recording my podcast.
1: Or no, or I, who, who the fuck is this? All right.
0: a cu- A couple of them. Hello, you know who you are. Who listen regularly, but also regularly be like, hey, do you want to do something? And it's like Tuesday night. It's like, no, I'm recording my podcast. That's that's what I do on Tuesdays. They're like, "Oh yeah," and they've asked a dozen times or so. I'm I'm not convinced yet that they're not fuck just fucking with me.
1: So you want to go uh, play a game? Yeah,
0: let's go play a game. Uh, tell the dear sweet listeners if they're brand new what Game Club is.
1: Uh, well, if you're new to this, welcome. And Jared's not sorry. He never is. He has no shame. Correct. Uh, occasionally we happenstance, uh, play the same game at the same time, but the game club is a a time that we purposely play the same game at the same time and then have a discussion on it. Uh, usually the last, uh, Tuesday of the uh, month. And for this month, we are playing Euro Truck Simulator 2, mostly because life was a bitch this month to one of us and it wasn't me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I moved in March, which, you know, I think everyone who listens to the show... I guess if this is your very first ever episode...
1: How did you uh, find us? <laughs> yeah, how
0: did, how did you find us? But I moved in March... We're gonna have to do like an
1: advertising the, campaign, aren't we?
0: We probably should, actually. But yeah, I moved in March, and so for March we did a pretty laid-back, chill game club. And then for April,
1: well, we'll we did... Well, we'll get to yeah uh, to the next one as well, may. right?
0: Right. But for April to both like ease that and then also give space to start playing the next game club, um, in theory. we in theory one of us did a better job at that than the other one. But uh, so we picked Euro Truck Simulator too, a game that both of us have played before, um, and May might have even talked about on the show before. I don't remember,
1: uh, but at least. I remember when I first played it, I talked about it, you know, liking it a lot more than what I thought I would. And this, yeah. Uh, this is a game that I have, according to Steam, 273 hours in. Uh, Steam says I've played it for 114.6 hours. But also, but there's it's... been a couple times that I would, uh, you yeah, uh pause it to go do something. So, yeah. It's not completely accurate, but at the same time, it's also... A game that I used to, you know, listen to audiobooks and stuff while uh, just vegging out.
0: Yeah, same, although mostly for its its sister game, American Truck Simulator,
1: which I haven't played
0: since 2019, but I've played for 120, close enough, I'll say 125 hours, so.
1: oh, so, uh, shall we get into this? Uh, because the game has changed somewhat since I last really put a lot of time into it, but at the same time, um, it hasn't. <laughs> if that makes yeah. Any sense.
0: Yeah. so at its core for anyone who who perhaps somehow doesn't know, Euro Truck Simulator is a trucking sim that oh, lets Oh, how about you... that? Uh is it also right. Euro? It is in Europe. it is Euro. It is in Europe, although the UK is still there. Uh, don't I worry, guess it includes in there, countries but... that aren't in the European Union. But anyways, um the, it, the, it's a truck simulator that can go between our kind of arcade and the way that it feels and plays all the way up to very simulated with man- su- uh, manual gearboxes and being able to fine-tune and tweak some of the stuff on your truck and, um, you know, needing to do maintenance and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh,
1: properly simulating air brakes uh, have to be very precise on uh, hooking up trailers, that sort of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and beyond that, beyond just doing trucking, um, you know, picking up thing at point A and taking it to point B, there are some minor or sort of management light aspects to it where that you can buy garages, you can hire additional drivers who will earn you income um, by doing their own jobs. And it's it's less income than you earn, but obviously you don't have to do anything for it. It just happens over time. Um, so some light simulation, or some light business management, rather, aspects to it, but there's no, like, route creation, there's no fleet creation or rules, it's just hire a driver, give them a truck, and pick a place for them to work, and then they will just earn you money in the background. Um, but I mean, where, where the game really shines is both the physics, or not physics, the, uh, simulator-ish part of it. Combined with, in, in, at least in my opinion, combined with customization, like so much customization that you can do. Especially super with mods. mod friendly. <laughs> yeah, they're super duper mod friendly, um, which I think is a big reason why this game continues to flourish.
1: Yeah, although to really uh, be able to do a lot of customization, it does require at least one or two DLCs. Which yeah. that's the other thing is that this game has so much DLC. A lot of it's cosmetic, and not really, yeah, you know, a thing. Uh, but there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, eight map packs, including uh the upcoming uh, Heart of Russia. Yeah, and, and I have six of them.
0: <laughs> I have four. I thought I had all the same DLCs as you, but apparently you've gotten a couple of the more recent ones that I'm missing. Yeah, Which is fine. It doesn't change the gameplay experience.
1: It just makes it so that I, yeah, parts of the map are blocked off. Uh like I'm lacking Heart of Russia, obviously, because it's not out yet in Iberia. Yeah.
0: But so yeah, that's that's at its, you know, sort of simplest the core of the game. Um and if if you don't like that, if you don't dig that, there is literally nothing else in this game for you. But if you do like that, or or find it enjoyable, or find it a good way to engage with other things, if you're like me, or a number of people that I know, who pretty much always have something going in the background that isn't just music, something a little more talkative, like audiobooks, or podcasts, or YouTube videos, you know, if that's something that you're into, and you've never played it before, this game very well might be up your alley. I mean, you said... Earlier that you would listen to audiobooks while you played, yeah, I, I
1: yeah, let's put it this way, uh, I didn't go through the entire series, but a good chunk of like the Wheel of Time I did while uh, uh, playing Euro Truck,
0: yeah,
1: which um, that's a, just an obscenely long uh, uh, novel series, yeah, it is indeed.
0: But so yeah, it, anyways, that's that's the core of the game, and if if you like that kind of thing you will like it, and if you don't, you probably won't.
1: Well, I also feel that uh, uh, it is co- somewhat, but not at the same time, interchangeable with American Truck. Uh, yeah. But where it really shines, at least for me, is, you know, I've never been to Europe. So, you know, having the, for lack of a better term, foreign you know, landscape, right? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah uh, it, it, it makes me like this more than uh, American Truck although American Truck does have its things as well.
0: Yeah, I out of the two of them I prefer American Truck Simulator. Um, but they are both you know more or less the same game mm-hmm. under the hood.
1: To the point that uh, some of the enhancements that they've done to one has uh, eventually made it to the other. Uh, and, uh and a system that is currently an American truck that is coming uh, to Eurotrip in the next patch is uh, uh, hidden roads and stuff that could get unlocked eventually, which uh, allows for easier navigation, which kind of ties into one of my two big bugbears with this game is that navigation can be a real pain, uh, but it's just because uh, it's such a simplified map. It is a massive map, and driving even before all the expansions from one side of the map to the other was a few hours. And now, especially if you have some of the opposing maps, like if I had the Iberia map, which is Spain, going from like yo the extreme northeastern part of the map to the extreme southwestern part of the map. Oh, that would be so such a long road trip, right? Yeah. But I, oh, well, sorry, go ahead.
0: I, I was gonna. I just wanted to agree with your point about navigation being difficult and f- frustrating at times. Obviously, they can't make a one to one representation of the real world road maps, both for American truck and Euro truck. But both games have uh, what's called the detours, that road... Yeah, this was something too... that
1: popped up in between the last time I played and now.
0: Yeah. There are sort of road hazards, or maybe, like, road... Like, a cop has got uh, somebody pulled over. Uh, random or, events. right? Ra- yeah, random events. You know, a cop's got somebody pulled over, or there's been, like, a minor fender bender, or something like that. It, but it's just on the side of the road. It's something to look at to break up. The um, you know, the same menace of the the world as you drive by, whereas detours are larger things where that the you know law enforcement blocks off the road. There was a, a massive crash and there's a chopper waiting in the road to airless somebody away. You're, you, that's the one I've seen the most in Euro Truck. But there's there's others, and because the map is one difficult to navigate sometimes to figure out exactly where you need to go, and two because it lacks a lot of actual like detours and side roads. I actually, I, I just turned the detour feature off because I was getting so frustrated sometimes. Cause it's like, well, this is the only road like it's going to take me, you know, an extra four hours because I can only turn around and go back the way I came and go a completely different way. Cause it, you know, in the real world, you just get off at the next side road, go, Around for a few miles and then pop back on and you're good to go. But
1: well, that's kind of the problem is that uh, if the cops are blocking off the one uh, 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 way off, you know, you're looking at several hours game time uh, to go around. And if you're on some of the tighter contracts, <laughs> you don't have the time. You're going to hit. Yeah. You're going to hit. Get hit with a lot of late fees. And there are mods out there that adds a lot more. Dynamic stuff or a lot more uh, uh, events to the roster that will you know make it so that the detours pop up less often, uh, barring you know turning them off completely. I still kept them on, but there were also times that you know I drove like an asshole and just drove right around the cops, especially when yeah uh, you know, they're blocking off the all on the off ramp.
0: Yeah, but, I've done that before.
1: But but you know, the. A blockage is going the other direction from where I want to go, yeah like if i'm uh yeah you know, willing to take the off ramp and go left well they're blocking it off, but the uh because there's some big event going on to the right, yeah, but it could also I ex- you know, make it so that uh the random events could you know pop up and like oh crap there's suddenly a, tr- a big traffic jam because somebody's stuck in the middle of the road, yeah, although you know the AI drivers yeah you know, sometimes do that on their own. <laughs>
0: Sometimes, um, yeah. So I, I guess to jump to another thing that really bothers me, one of the few things that really bothers mm-hmm. me is the AI driver.
1: But at AI the drivers. same time, they're kind of realistic.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Most uh, of the times, yeah, sitting there just I, hanging out in your blind spot.
0: Yeah, most of the time when I got damaged, it was there was the um the the two biggest ones were like. Number one, I misjudged where I was supposed to go, and hit something with my trailer. And then number two, the fucking stupid, idiotic AI is like, "Oh, hey, look, I'm just gonna crash into you, or I'm not gonna move, even though your blinkers been on for three miles and the the lane is ending."
1: Well, the thing is that yeah, the blinkers they're just to really make you feel good, right? Is it? I don't yeah, think I don't think it? That, I, I don't think the AI really pays attention to the blinker.
0: Maybe, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I felt like sometimes the a i has noticed it and hasn't, but if it you know it could all just be random chance, and it's like confirmation mm-hmm. bias at that point,
1: uh, but at the same time, yeah uh the a i being utter shit drivers is probably one of the most realistic things in this, you know because people don't treat big rigs with all the, uh, the respect that they should, all right,
0: yeah, they do not, so. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. We can write off what may be mistakes or bad game design. It's like, no, no, it makes sense. Because thematically, people suck when they drive.
1: <laughs> right. It, it, I would say the my other real big bugbear with this would just be the multiplayer.
0: Yeah. So they have a multiplayer mode that's called Convoy. Yeah, which and,
1: is kind of rolling what was a multiplayer mod with servers uh, into the single-player, yeah, into the base game.
0: Yeah. And the idea of the convoy is that you and, you know, a group of friends, or in our case just the two of us, get together and they share the map with whoever hosted and can do jobs on that person's map. Um, you can take the same job as someone else, as in, like, you can literally copy that job and take it as well. Uh, um, there's that's no an way... area where
1: you can get to, because, right?
0: Yeah. But as far as I can tell, there's no way um, to do, like, the same job. So it's like you can take a bigger job, and it's like, oh, this will go faster if you had multiple drivers, or something like that. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. It's just sort of like a lobby where you can drive around and and talk to people. Yeah, which... Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that that's great. But for the two of us, we play games together... Just about every week, and then we, you know, we do this show, and sometimes we chat in between. It's like, okay, I don't, I don't just need a place to sit and talk.
1: Yeah, I think it, uh, we might also be a little bit spoiled coming from SnowRunner into this, where it makes a real difference having somebody else uh, running a uh, events with you, or running contracts, or missions, or whatever you want to call them. It makes them go a lot faster, and this, you know, it's just kind of there. It's not bad, but at the same time, it's just, it's underwhelming.
0: Yeah. The way that they, and, you know, maybe this is me, much more me than them, but the way that I felt like it's been, you know, it was shown off was like, get together and do jobs with your friends. Explore Europe together. Have fun.
1: I mean, technically, that's not wrong, but at the same time, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. You're right. So. um, Let's see. Probably one of the things that's at the heart of Eurotruck is customization, which we, you know, we touched on a minute ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot of customization which, packs. do you have
1: uh, both the uh, big DLCs that unlock it?
0: Yes, I think so. Uh,
1: there's the wheel customization pack, and then there's the cabin customization pack.
0: Yeah, I believe I got them. I mean, I can paint wheels and mm-hmm. do, you have lots of accessories for them, and. Okay. And there's a, a oh, lot of custom cabin. things. I was just
1: making sure because I think they I think they sold uh, the wheel and the cabin as like a bundle of of the essential pack, which yeah. I which I do agree with. And there are minor bonuses as well for the wheels, like uh, there it's slightly uh, getting better wheels could slightly uh, decrease the friction uh, for uh, trucks that. Or make it so that the trucks are a little bit grippier in uh, the rain. Which, oh, just driving around in the rain, you know, and just listening to something relaxing. That that used to be uh, uh, one of the things I would just, you know, do if I'm uh, being an insomniac, you know? Yeah. Uh, especially with some of the sound design, which is just really, really good in this game. Uh, but uh, it does, inc- you know, like increase your fuel efficiency slightly in. Uh, some wheels could also make it so that the truck is slightly louder or quieter, right? Uh, but the big one is the cabin accessories, where uh, especially with some with uh one of the big, uh, I think it's the most popular uh, mod on the workshop, the Steam Workshop. It adds so many uh, just uh random things that you could have to your cab. Doesn't it add like three
0: thousand or thirty five hundred if you get like the full pack?
1: Uh, something like that. Uh, let's see, the Mega Pack, which, uh, you know, it says 400, so.
0: Oh, I thought it was way more than that. I mean, 400 is still a lot, don't
1: get me wrong, but mm-hmm. I thought it was more. Well, remember, it's also, you know, several different categories, so, right? Yeah. And they, and it might be, you know, not counting all the different random colors as well. Although, I, I, I think about 400 seems about right for what I saw in-game. Yeah. I suppose so. But you could have co drivers, you know, just kind of sitting there uh, looking, honestly, a little creepy. Uh, Probably uh, my favorite thing, though, is like uh, the cell phones and the tablets and the computers so that you could, uh, for uh, some of the trucks, it's a little hard to see the GPS or see some information. So you could, like, put a uh, laptop in the floor beside your driver and you'll be able to glance down and see information a little bit easier. Or yeah. one thing I would do is I have the a virtual GPS up because the truck I was driving it didn't have a you know, a GPS in the cockpit uh, in a easily seeable place. And I, I this is one of those few games that I actually try, uh, drove uh, first person view pretty much exclusively. Usually I'm yeah you know, chase cam, but this one yeah you know, uh, in the cabin most of the time. So you know, all the cabin accessories makes a lot. Uh, more of a difference but i would put a little like cell phone up in the corner that would have the uh local gps and then i would have the uh virtual GPS, uh the ui element tabbed out so that it you know is uh, a more zoomed out map so i could see upcoming uh uh lane changes that i need to do yeah and in the floor i had the uh fuel economy <laughs> of the truck so i'd be able to glance down See a lot easier than trying to squint at the little control panel, uh, just how far I have until I need to refuel to figure out if I need to, you know, uh, stop and grab some fuel before uh, continuing on. Because uh, there's some areas in the game that uh, fuel stations are a- a touch scarce.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Probably a yeah, little let's... more so than yeah, really need to be, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. The. Dang it! I just had two brains collide in my thought, or two brains collide in my thought. Two thoughts collide <laughs> in my brain at the same time. Yeah, it's good. good, uh, good d- do uh, you need to
1: get a multiplayer so you could grab grab a cup of coffee?
0: <laughs> I might need to. I could. I could use a cup of coffee. That's a fun thing about multiplayer. You have a driver limit for how long you can work before you get tired and have to stop. And in single player, you just sleep. But in in convoy, you you get coffee.
1: Yeah, well, uh, otherwise, uh, whenever you sleep, the game you know fast forwards. Uh, I think it's uh, ten hours, eight or ten. Okay. Uh, and uh, you know, things happen in the background because of it. You know, your uh, AI drivers will uh, continue on their deliveries. Your bank loan uh, takes off, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so, so the you multiplayer know, but, does have a benefit, but right?
0: Yeah. So I mean, we we kind of already talked about and clarified Mm -hmm. this a little bit but just for completeness sake like yes you can in in the game you you eventually can own your own trucks and and trucking company but you know you can buy trucks and trailers and fully customize both of them use them yourself give them to your drivers that you hire to use like yeah
1: yeah i will say that uh i do wish that the management side of things was a little bit more deep it's not yeah oh same Uh, it's not terrible it feels very, you know, uh, once you get it going, you can basically just, you know, uh, just set it and just, you know, every so often you'll see, oh, yeah, yeah, Joe Blow uh, completed delivery and you get, uh, yeah, five hundred euros, and watch or that, more. or more, and, 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 and way more. Well, well, yeah, pr- uh, pretty much. Uh, if you, unless you luck out and get a really good driver at the start. They're going to get practically nothing for the first, you know, few days. And then they slowly improve and improve. And you can micromanage them a bit to try to, you know, get some certain skills that would help them out. Which, that's something we haven't really touched on, is the kind of RPG light elements. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's uh, distance, uh, uh, long distance hauling. There's fragile hauling. There's... uh, There's... Uh, just in time hauling, there's economy, there's uh, A- uh, AVR, which is your different licenses to haul volatile stuff. Right. And I'm blanking on one, aren't I? Uh,
0: don't... I don't think so. Maybe.
1: Now I'm just double-checking myself. Uh, let's see. ADR. I thought I said AVR. Long distance high value, fragile, just-in-time delivery, and uh, echo driving, so I did hit them all. And yeah. uh, I, 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 apart from A, uh, ADR, you know, your hazardous material stuff, getting one uh, rank in it essentially unlocks the ability to do it. So long distance driving, in rank one you could do up to 350 kilometers, uh, up to rank six where, you know, deliveries can be as far as they need to be. High value cargos unlocks uh, uh, high value uh, jobs that each rank improves the reward and uh, an experience bonus for doing that sort of thing. Fragile cargo unlocks it then uh, gives an increasing reward as well as a experience bonus. Just in time delivery makes it so that important deliveries show up and they typically have a shorter time frame Which makes some of the detours really suck. Yeah. Uh, And then echo driving is... uh, starts taking up the amount of fuel saved. So uh, the first rank is obviously the most worthwhile because it's a 10% fuel savings. But then it goes up uh, uh,
0: 5% after.
1: Huh? Yeah, 5% 5 per level after. uh, For the 6 levels. So typically if I was micromanaging the drivers... If they had a skill that was really good, I would have them focus on it. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you know, knock out a couple long distance hauling so that they get a couple, you know, uh, longer hauls. Because yeah. if you what you could end up at a place where they're not able to do anything really because they're in a place where they don't have a uh a the right type of of uh, skills if they can't haul for far enough.
0: Yeah. Um, my sort of general driver strategy for drivers that I hire is get, um, two, two levels. It's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Get two levels and, mm-hmm. uh, long or not long. Yeah. Long distance deliveries or whatever it's called. And then just take, take it over to balance and let it do mm-hmm. one at a time on all the rest of the skills.
1: I mean, but, I guess there is let's uh, see, some there, but right. It's very, you know, it can be very hands off. And there are some yeah. easter eggs uh, from, like, you know, the staff of the games. Uh, uh, you know, show up as uh, drivers and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's... If you don't know that, you know, you would never know it, right? Yeah. I'm just
0: trying to think, like, while the game is very relaxing and pretty mechanically sound, like, what's left that we haven't discussed so far that we want to or need to talk about?
1: I mean, that's the thing, is that we thought this would either be a very long or a very short <laughs> game club. But it, yeah. it was either this or no Game Club this month, just because, you yeah, moving, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I really like it. I'm going to continue playing it afterwards. Mm-hmm. I still find it very relaxing. It's nice to, to find and have that game so that I can listen to uh, my podcast while I play more often. Um, Got to gotta get that cue down somehow. Right. So I'm gonna keep playing. I like it. Although once I kind of hit a certain point, I'm gonna swap back over to American Truck Simulator because I just like American Truck Simulator better. The thing against Euro Truck, I just I am more familiar with the models in American Truck Simulator. Plus, I like the look of American trucks versus European trucks.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll give you that one. Uh, yeah, uh, the stub nose, uh, it's well foreign to me, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there are, you know, a fair amount of mods out there. There's obviously pro, uh, uh pro mods which, you know, goes stupidly in depth with their maps. Unfortunately, to be able to use them, you have to pretty much keep up with all the DLC because, right? Yeah. Uh, and I do think that at a certain point, uh, I, I don't want to say boring, but it becomes less attractive to me just because there's. So much money rolling in, for, you know, you have uh, have so many drivers that, you know, it just becomes a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, beca- money becomes no object and it, it, it lacks the, you know, kind of uh, uh, the tension of, you know, screwing up a job, right? Yeah. Oh, that that is one thing. I just thought of it. Uh, you didn't do any of the special contracts, did you?
0: No, I did not.
1: Okay, so I did a couple of them. So this is the Special Heavy Deliveries, which is its own DLC. And I just want to make sure I uh, say the name of the DLC right. It's the, uh, I believe it's the Heavy Cargo Pack. Or no, it's the special, special Transport. Heavy Cargo is something different. Which I don't think I actually have. I had a truck that I could really do it with yet. So Special Transport is a bit of a different beast when it comes to its missions. It has like a little mini cutscene where you're, yeah. You know, Uh, hooking up to the trailer uh, uh, with like a uh, a small crowd and stuff going on and you have an escort and usually these are absolutely massive uh, things some of the smaller ones yeah you do with the starter truck pretty easily but it also essentially resets your tiredness level and it starts you with plenty of fuel to be able to do this Uh, and this is uh, this is even just using your own truck. You could also do quick missions as well, which you know you're hooked up to the truck. Uh, you know, go to a random truck uh, and you know do 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 it from wherever. Yeah. So, like I said, you're escorted in this, and that you also have the traffic blocked off for you. So, you know, it's less of a hassle. Yeah. But you're also at the mercy of the AI. So. Uh, every so often, you'll get a checkpoint, uh, but uh, y- there was uh, the last time I did one. I actually randomly failed because the uh, you have two escorts; you have one in the front and one in the back, and they go in depth uh, at the beginning, saying you know how to do lane transfers and such. And I had the truck behind me hit something or someone hit it, and it stopped. And I went too far away from it because I didn't see it, and it did right. And it wasn't until uh, you know it came up, you you uh, went too far away from your escorts. And I'm l- sitting here looking at one escort right in front of me, so I know which escort it is. I don't know what happened to him, but I do know that we went through an intersection, uh, and there was cars there. So right, yeah. So yeah, you know, it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to deduce this one, uh, but. Uh, another thing is that sometimes the AI can get a little confused on what's going on, and even more so whenever you're beholden to the AI. So, uh, there was one time that completely empty road coming up to an a intersection or, yep, you know, a, a highway intersection with the right lane closing off. They're holding me in the right lane to, yep, you know, for whatever reason, and need to go into the left lane to continue through the intersection. The escort slams right. on the brakes and just sits there for a good 30 seconds processing for whatever reason, right? <laughs> it is fun, but extremely frustrating when it doesn't work right. And there are some yeah. really interesting, uh, cargos that they could have for this. Yeah. Right. Uh, just the, uh, steam, uh, the store page. It has like massive, uh, presser vessels, uh, water tanks, uh, like this camper, uh, uh, uh prefab house, um, a, a small, like, fishing boat, right? Right. And it's just frustrating that it sometimes works so poorly, right? Oh, yeah. When it works well, it works well. It's just... Right?
0: Yeah. It's not always working well. Um, Overall... What do you think about it? Are you going to keep playing? Or uh, gonna... I am
1: going to pl- uh, keep playing, not as much as I had been because you know things going on, right?
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I already said that I was going to keep playing it. I mean, I think I think that, that that you know I'm inclined to give it two thumbs up because mm-hmm. of that. Like I said, I really uh, enjoy.
1: I'm, I'm going to give it one thumb up, mostly because even though yeah we did kind of. Write... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, do you want to finish up your thoughts first?
0: Um, I mean, the only, you know, what I was going to finish up is that, like I said, I really enjoy the aspect, the way that it kind of fits into my life. Just mm-hmm. providing that little bit of distraction, that's something to do um, so that I can focus on a podcast or some YouTube videos or something <laughs> similar.
1: Yeah, see, I give it kind of one thumbs up because uh, it... When the game works well, it really works well. It's a very relaxing, uh, just, you know, chill out, you know, do your thing game. But then it could just be utterly maddening. You know, having a uh, car, you know, just for whatever reason, just sit right beside your trailer and you're trying to get over in the lane. Right. right. I mean, realistic, yes, but it also is frustrating, right? <laughs> Or having, it, like I yeah. said, the escort vehicle just doing weird shit with the special uh, uh, cargo, which is not realistic. And there's no indication of what's going on. Yeah, you know, there's like no radio traffic, which I think is something else that feels like it's missing. The game does have built in streaming support for music from quite a few different sources, and you could actually import stuff as well uh, uh, for streaming audio. And one of the Things I used to do, which I actually didn't do for this game club, was if I'm staying like in a country for a while, I would uh, purposely try to listen to radio stations from that general region.
0: Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah,
1: uh, you know, like listening to the BBC if I'm in the UK, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or listening to regional-specific sp- music. And I'm not sure if there's an uh, option to do that, but uh, I do know that... It, you're able to search by you know, country fairly easily. Uh, one thing I would have loved to seen is some sort of uh, way so that you know as you progress around the map, it changes radio stations uh, so that you know it tries to stay you know close to where you are. Uh, to be fair, you know, that it's going to be a little bit more difficult because you can go through even the biggest countries in you know half an hour, uh, yeah. or, or, or maybe forty five minutes. Depending on you know, the routes that you take and you know, just how early screwed you are by the random events. I would like to see more variety in random events. And I do that the, there's a pretty big uh, mod that adds a lot of randomness to the random events. You know, or a lot of variety, sh- I should say. But for what it is, it is a very good game. And the fact that they're still supporting it after all this time, right? I mean, this yeah. is not a new game. This is like five years old now?
0: Is it really that old?
1: Yeah, it was it actually released in May of two thousand seventeen.
0: All right, so it's all it's it's younger, right? 18, 19, 20. Oh no, no, that's right. It's right in line with with what you were saying. I was going to say uh, it's five mistake.
1: years old next month. Find that yeah, it's four it's four years and eleven months. They're happy.
0: <laughs> yes. So yeah, did you? I mean, you gave it one thumbs up, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Like I said. Uh, there, there's some definite flaws, and I do wish that there was a a stronger simulation side of things or on the management side. But that was never really the point of the game. Yeah, doesn't mean that I wouldn't have enjoyed it. Uh, Yo, know, to see more depth and the fact that uh, they really haven't done anything on it since then, right?
0: Yeah. All right. Well. um... I think it's time to mosey over to to reveal what our next Game Club game is, which I can't remember if we talked about previously or not, so I'm going to act like we have it. If we have, be surprised. Uh, no,
1: uh, we had not cut you off before you uh, mentioned it.
0: Okay. So our next Game Club game for the month of May is uh, Final Fantasy XII. If you happen to have an original copy, knock yourself out. The two of us are playing using an
1: emulator. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. And we are playing the original PlayStation uh, 2 version. There was a a pretty substantial update on the re-release for PC that changed the job system somewhat. But it's an utter pain to get a hold of and didn't want to fly the Jolly Roger that much.
0: Raise the Jolly Roger!
1: I mean, Netflix is already uh, uh, seeming like it's going to be forcing our hands anyway, right? (laughs)
0: Even yeah, right, right. You, <laughs> I have never done a piracy before.
1: Bullshit, bullshit. Oh, sorry, uh, I, th- I think I need a lozenge.
0: Right, makes sense. So yeah, that's our next Game Club game, Final Fantasy 12.
1: Yeah, we looking which, forward to it. Yeah, which it's going to be a long month, and we are actually recording on the 31st.
0: Yeah, so
1: so we'll see if we actually get through it. I I kind of doubt it. <laughs> Cause yeah. so it is a Final Fantasy game, but I'm also further along than you. Yeah. It also really depends on how much you focus on the game. Because I will say this so far that there's large sections of the game that is kind of like points of no return.
0: Yeah. I'm just thinking through because I play. I mean, I played Final Fantasy 12 mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago. See, I've I never played it. it. I didn't beat it. I just played it for a while, mm-hmm. maybe 10, 12 hours and then put it down. So, I think this will be good. Let me get over to the
1: topics list. As I uh, text out uh, what the next one is, so I don't forget it.
0: Yeah, so our next topic list is uh, Sonic Goes Retro in a Bad Way. This was one that you spotted and thought was interesting, so I'll let you lead on it.
1: Uh, well, it was also the topic of the gym position this week, which was also fun. So, uh, yes, who, who remembers... Uh, 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 fondly the time that you had to have a spreadsheet for uh, pre-orders. What, nobody? Just Sega team?
0: Sega! Uh,
1: So, Sonic's uh, upcoming re-release, remaster whatever anthology of the Sega Genesis games released their uh, pre-order stuff, and it is hilarious and sad. And honestly, a little bit padded, because right? So there's really just two editions of the game with a bunch of pre-order DLC that would be available later on. But it's rather laughable. It's stuff like the old music. Right? (laughs) Or having character animations on the main menu. Or be able to pan the main menu. And it is silly. And it is silly to get upset at the same time. It's not because we've pretty much broke broken away from this practice and here we are again right yep I mean where you
0: have this spreadsheet of, of garbage yeah, to decide yeah according to, to this
1: there's eight pieces of content that's not included in the standard edition uh, and if you're not getting the pre-order on the deluxe edition you have to buy a few pieces of DLC in order to get the definitive experience right yep which I don't cool. know if the, uh, the music is going to be remastered well yep to the point that, yeah, I wouldn't miss the old music, but there's that nostalgia of hitting, you know, Green Hills One and right and having the yeah, old well, music going, right?
0: Yeah, well, there's the thing too that was mentioned in this week's Gym Quiz Jimquisition, Jimquisition, which is that it's if you want that music, just go to YouTube and and type in you know its name. You will find tons of original work, you will probably find remasters, especially with something popular like Sonic.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, this does feel a lot like they had pretty much gotten the game done and a suit decided, we need some pre-order content, what do you got? What what can we cut out?
0: Well, we can make the menus not animate, sir. (laughs) Excellent!
1: Capital! Which, that sounds more like it should be a bug in a Bethesda game, Right.
0: Right. Yeah no if, if you uh have your controller um already turned on when you start the game and the menus will will lag. <laughs>
1: uh or one other uh pre-order bonus uh that is also in the start dash pack, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Is the bonus coins. Remember the bonus coins being brought up? Uh they're coins that you get for completing challenges and such to unlock more content in the game and also a lot of this content that is locked behind the premium fun pack that's part of the another pre-order bonus or could be bought separately what well, is content that is in the game it's just locked behind these bonus coins so you're paying for a per for an early unlock yeah which is just what <laughs> right? People have
0: paid before, though, so I'm See, see I'm Deus Ex, right?
1: Yeah. It's just, this just seems so stupid.
0: Yeah, we'll see how this goes. But at the same time, I don't want to
1: just, you know, ignore this, uh, because, hey, this is dumb, you know, uh, a bunch of worthless unlocks, uh, uh, coins to be able to unlock stuff sooner, and, you know, making the uh, venue act like it's uh, in uh, Skyrim. Uh, at the same time, I don't want to ignore it because you know, give them a, and they take a mile, and then try to sell yeah. you the uh, a kilometer back. <laughs> yes, it's new and exotic. <laughs> and the other part is that they're delisting uh, Sonic One, Two, Three NCD. So you, which are-
0: feels very much like a Nintendo move
1: or a uh, Rockstar move. Yeah. So these games are available on, you know, uh, Steam and such uh, as individual games, and uh, go on sale pretty cheap, pretty often. And they're just delisting them and making this the definitive version. But you know, it's not the definitive version unless you get the, you know, Ultra Deluxe, you know, uh, uh, Tales uh, version or something, right? Right, with a movie tie-in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're you're right.
1: And there are still ways to play it Uh, The old versions If you don't get this uh, Outside, uh, yeah, allegedly Hosting the Jolly Roger Because I I totally don't have something hooked up to my uh, uh, TV in the living room That has all these games on it already Totally not Right, Uh, very nice uh, There's an anthology on uh, Switch Uh, There's obviously the uh, yeah, the Switch's uh, expansion pass that has the Sega games, uh, at least one of them's there, because you know, it's Nintendo, they're drip-feeding that, and uh, trying to uh, put as little content in it as possible, because, right? Yeah. Uh, I think there's another that's anthology the impression, as well.
0: That's the impression I get from this move, though. Like, well, it you know, we'll sell some, and then we can charge more, because it's you know, remastered, it's, it's true HD or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, But
1: it's also, yeah, fucking expensive for what it is, right? Yeah. It's, uh, what is the price on this? I remember it being uh, pretty expensive for, you know, Genesis games, right? Right. Well, well, Rage, it's free if you pirate it. Yard. Not that you would ever know anything about that, right?
0: No, no, no. Not that i So so it's 40
1: bucks for this. Okay. Which, it's kind of a hard sell to me at that price. I'm not sure if I'm just being a cheapskate. If it's just the fact that I played these when I was ten, right?
0: Yeah. That sounds too high for me too. Just like for, for what it is versus what I could get without it, you know. Like, uh eh, I don't think I need to go through <laughs> and do all of that. That sounds like effort.
1: Yeah, and the thing is it's uh Sonic the Hedgehog, uh Sonic the Hedgehog two, Sonic Three and Knuckles, and Sonic C D, which right yeah,
0: Sonic Adventures Two is still my favorite Sonic game of all time.
1: <laughs> all right,
0: rolling around at the speed of sound. It's the, the song for the mm-hmm. first level. It's a real banger.
1: Which I am looking but, at. Yeah, you know, some of the uh, uh, missions, uh, which is you know, like their achievement system for the coins, and some of them, yeah, you know, could be interesting. But yeah, you know, it's just, uh, do I really need that for this? No, not really. Yeah. Maybe it's just I'm old, right?
0: Maybe I, I'm old.
1: I mean, I, I I don't well okay, so the deluxe version is forty five bucks
0: <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: It's just ugh. Although I do have uh the Spiral Reed I need a trilogy that I need to dive into. Although well, that's uh, good. although I got that from Humble Bundle, so that you know, hardly counts, right? But even yeah. then, uh yeah you know, that's it's the same price for Three games versus four, but it's, you know, a more modern game, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I, I think it's just the uh, silliness of this all just really gets to me, right? Uh, the
0: silliness and the corporate, like, greed bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. Corporations got to corporate. They want to make money. You know, they feel like they're entitled to make money. Fine. But instead of doing something like, Oh, making new original content, or even really putting in, like, time and effort and energy into making or remaking something from before. It's like, nah, let's just get rid of some stuff. Let's put some new stuff on sale. Maybe do a little work to it. It's like, I don't know. It just I mean, thankfully, feels... it's
1: not going to be hard to preserve the uh, games that they are delisting, but at the same time, yeah, if Sonic is disposable, right? Yeah. What isn't disposable?
0: You know? Which, uh, the answer is ultimately nothing. Everything is disposable to these corporations. Some things that might take longer if they're underperforming or whatever, but everything is disposable. And on that sad thought...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you want to tackle some Roblox? Yeah. Pulling up the article.
0: Roblox FTC inquiry possibly coming over deceptive ads. So we've we've went in pretty hard on Roblox a couple of times already mm-hmm. because they deserve it for being predatory and for more or less targeting children for both free labor and to exploit for financial gain. And uh, they're exploiting them for financial gain again. Um, let's see. the To the best of my understanding, the way that their advertising is working at the, for at, the at the moment is that they are... Slipping in ads into, or or things that are ads, like, maybe not necessarily commercials, but advertisements in some way, quote-unquote, organically into content that people are playing. Uh,
1: from the sounds uh, of it, it sounds like it's sponsored games that's not listed as a sponsored item. At least that's how right. I took this article, is that, you know, it's like, you know, Netflix sponsoring something. But they don't explicitly, explicitly say this is an ad. This is sponsored content. It's just, hey, look how awesome uh, this uh yo, uh this Netflix uh, theme thing is. Uh, is not Netflix awesome?
0: Right. Except they're not. But that's a story for another time or <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I mean this this is um Roblox allows advertising to be surreptitiously interlaced with organic content. Um, and makes earnings claims that don't represent the majority of creators in order to lure potential devs in. This is on to say Roblox hasn't complied with truth and advertising laws, leading to brands creating undisclosed adver games, mm-hmm. employing undisclosed endorsement avatars, and using AI promo bots to lure players in to spend money.
1: Mm-hmm. Which, uh, that's kind of the crux of it, is that. uh Okay. This is going to show my age, but let's go for it anyway. Go do, for do it. Do you remember a Saturday morning cartoons?
0: I, I do.
1: Okay, do you remember how they were explicit about uh, advertising during those blocks of uh, uh, of shows?
0: What do you mean? Uh, well,
1: where, where they, they say, after these messages, we'll be right back, or something like that.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, yes. that
1: comes from an FTC filing saying that there was too essentially gentle of a transition between the show and the advertising, uh, that it became one and the same to the kids. To the point that it was violating the FTC protocols for advertising to children. (laughs) So that's why there was that hard, you know, uh, okay, we are running advertisements now. And there's some of that in uh, YouTube content. Uh, It's supposed to be a lot more overt. It's supposed to be a lot more out there. But YouTube and uh, streaming content is still very much the Wild West and is not enforced as well as it should, even by the the, uh, the regulations. So Roblox doing this and getting the FTC to pay attention to them can have some repercussions in other places. So that's why this is really interesting to me is that Roblox is kind of this hidden, you know, 800 pound gorilla in the room, right? Excuse me. That, well, that I did for a second, that, I started choking. <clears throat> uh oh, it's the gorilla uh, that neither of yep. us really paid attention to. And now it's like, oh, it's this massive thing that, that was kind of under our radar.
0: Yeah. <clears throat>
1: And having uh, the FTC, you know, crack down on them might, you know, start having repercussions in other spaces where, you know, you see the uh, sponsor content be a lot more overt like it should be.
0: Yeah, I am, Roblox has drawn a lot of attention to itself lately. There's this, there's
1: the sort of
0: medium ripples that were made about the child sort of exploitation.
1: Which is also part Um, of this.
0: And then Kim Kardashian, I mentioned this to you pre-recording, it was last week or two weeks ago maybe, I heard about this on a on a podcast that I listened to, where that Kim Kardashian is talking about suing Roblox because one of her children saw an advertisement in Roblox for Kim Kardashian's sex tape, and so, like, if you get a card, like, we, you and I, perhaps all of our listeners... Don't give a shit about Kim Kardashian. We are not in that demographic. But they have a reach to tens of millions, perhaps hundreds of millions of people, the Kardashians, who don't travel our circles. And that kind of eyes on from another cultural perspective, you know, brings a lot of attention to this and these issues that they're doing. And that might be the kind of thing, you know, for better or for worse. I mean, it is a Kardashian after all. That... You know, combined uh, with this, I mean, combined with the previous stories. I mean, they are
1: stories, you know, like uh, 70% plastic, right?
0: That's true. But combined with this and combined with the previous stories might make a difference. Might actually do something. Especially because the U.S. legal system is so uh, lawsuit-sort of based. We use a lot of case law precedent as opposed to empowering government-regulated bodies or government-regulating Bodies to to do the job.
1: Well, technology is moving a lot quicker than the at least the U.S. systems was designed for. Never mind the fact that we have fucking fossils uh, in power as well, right? I mean, uh, just recently, uh, now I'm blanking on what state he was from. A, a U.S. senator died who originally was uh, uh, took office in I think it was the '60s or '70s. On the cam- on the campaign that p- that the his predecessor was in office too long, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, that would be if it was the 70s. That would be what 50 uh-huh. years. That's too long. That's too long for anybody to be in the office in power. Human beings do not keep up with that well.
1: Okay, let's change. put this way: uh, the average age uh, for uh, Congress was 57.6 mm-hmm. years. And for senators, sixty two point nine. That's the average. Yeah.
0: It's just right. I I wish the average was somewhere in the forties. Like, actually, I wish it was younger. I wish it was around thirty five. But you can't even run, or you can't be in the Senate until you're in your twenties, right?
1: I don't think that there, I don't think there's actually a limit on that.
0: Is the president's office the only one that actually has a minimum age yeah. limit? Okay.
1: Let's put it this way. Uh, this is the uh, 117th Congress, so last year's, if I recall correctly. Uh, the oldest one is 87, and there's, like, so many in the 70s and 60s. It's easier to... There's one <coughs> senator that's in his 30s. One.
0: Yeah. I'm okay with senators being in their 60s, but I feel like that should be the max.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, there's a lot of medical evidence that you start to enter cognitive dec- decline on average in your late 60s, or early 70s. So not only that, not only are you older, you grew up in a you know completely different generation, completely different world. Even not even including modern day standards, but you know standards of three or four decades ago, grew up in a completely different world. And you're starting to experience cognitive decline.
1: But hey, let's uh yeah, you know, uh, legislate on things. Uh <laughs> Okay, so so it's uh, twenty five and seven years a US citizen. So I I was wrong on uh, there not being an actual age limit for a uh, senator. Or sorry, representative. The so twenty five is the youngest that you can be.
0: Which is pretty young. I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine being in, in Congress at that age, or, or really any younger.
1: You were still throwing up in bathtubs.
0: <laughs> right? I was. I was. God, imagine what, if one of us ran for political
1: office. Oh, I'd never make it. Especially,
0: We'd be so fucked because of how much stuff we put on the internet.
1: Oh, no, my state. I mean, I'm far too liberal. I I, I honestly uh, consider myself more moderate, but my state is such so blood red that, you know, there, I would have no chance.
0: Yeah, I'm too liberal for even the liberal states. I'm so- maybe I'm- California, maybe.
1: I'm very socially liberal, though. So, yo, no way in hell.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a hardcore lefty. Like, let's go socialism, baby! Woo! Universal basic income, universal health care, very, very soft on crime. About the only thing I'm soft on. Wink. Very socially progressive. Let's go, baby. Although, oddly enough, not into child grooming. Very much a hardcore right thing. Child grooming and and marrying children. uh, uh,
1: You mean the uh, grand old projection party? Right. We are very, very
0: far off topic. This is very classic us. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Roblox some more, or should we just abandon this topic and move (laughs) on?
1: Uh... Let's just abandon the topic, because I don't think there's a lot more to uh, to comment on. Outside of, I hope uh, the FTC actually does take a look at this. So, uh, so So speaking of uh, government agencies looking at things, uh, the Australian uh, Review Board has taken another look at RimWorld and has unbanned it. Woo! So, uh, for those who don't know what RimWorld is... Rimworld is a colony management game where you- It's essentially a war crime simulator. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> d- what? It's not untrue. I love the description. Uh, you know, you capture somebody, you know, you liberate them of a few organs, maybe a limb. You uh, give them a peg leg and let them uh, uh, loose back into the world. Uh, maybe eat a few of them, that sort of thing. So, uh, Rimworld was restricted last month, I believe it was. And they didn't really say outright what it was, but nine times out of ten, when the Australian Classification Board refuses classification, it's drugs. And there, right. and there are drugs in the game. Uh, But they're such a double-edged sword that it's strange that they were so laser-focused on them when you know, there was all the face-melting, uh, human-eating, right? The rest of the war crimes? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, especially since the latest expansion massively uh, expanded the uh, slavery aspect of the game. As in, you could uh, make it so that your little group <clears throat> not only endorses slavery, but also ritualistically kills and eats their slaves. <laughs> right? But, but rage, don't you know? Uh, Drugs are bad. Uh, all right. They can have a joint while doing it, right? Right. So, Dr- drugs, drugs are real bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'm I'm wound up on this shit tonight, man. <laughs> What's gotten into me? Uh, so,
1: uh, they reclassified it, it's, owning to high impact themes and drug use, uh, essentially because, like I said before, the drugs have such a negative connotation. Or or, a negative uh, aspect to them as well, uh, due to, you know, obviously addiction uh, having, you know, a a slight impact on them just, you know, uh, causing overdoses and uh, organ uh, damage. But, you know, that's what the, you know, capturing people and harvesting their organs are for, right?
0: Right. You get your slaves to harvest their organs. That way you can do drugs. And not have to worry about the consequences. Uh, and
1: then there's of course, uh, you know, the Granddaddy of all Luciferium, that uh, is essentially uh, t- uh, little nanobots that you know uh, make you essentially Wolverine until you know you stop taking it. Then you know you kind of go full berserker mode on everyone and everything. So yeah, it's just uh, they uh, reclassified it, saying that it's eighteen plus now, and uh, it can be sold in. Uh, Australia again. And it was actually, you know, being pulled from shelves. Uh, It's just, right? Yeah. This is kind of the flip side of the uh, uh, government oversight. Is that, you know, you could get the uh, I hate using the term nanny state because, you know, that has its own connotations from certain political groups in the United States, right? Yeah. But, you know, having it where they ban a game because, oh no, it has drugs in it. Never mind the fact that, you know, Uh, it's a matter aspect of the game, right?
0: Although, to be clear, Australia has gotten a more and more conservative government over the last Mm -hmm. 10-15 years. Now, I'm not an expert on Australian politics, I know somebody who lives there, and I read some news here and there.
1: See, I don't hear a lot from Australia, so, uh, but... mm. It does seem. Uh, st- it does feel like it uh, fits.
0: You have to stand on your head, and then you can hear them better. Oh
1: well, see that's the problem is that I'm too fat for that. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm already uncoordinated, so yeah. You know, uh, putting uh, the uh, uh, my crappy center of gravity up power, No, <laughs>
0: right. But yeah. Um. So that's yeah. There's pros and cons to everything. If if anarchy, if we were all. You know, just nice and got along would be the best, but that's naive, I know.
1: (laughs) Uh, That reminds me of a satire article I saw pop up uh, uh, during the week. I didn't put it in the show notes. I was very tempted to just to mess with you. Uh, It was from Hard Drive. Nintendo promises uh, they would release uh, Advance Wars if we could all just get along for two weeks. (laughs) Can't we all just get along? And, And, of course, the answer is no. No,
0: we can't. That would be interesting. Advance Wars ends war in Europe.
1: How about this? How about we just uh uh give Putin a a, a modified version of Advance Wars where the Russians actually win. <laughs> Which is of course, yeah, you know, seems to be uh, utter fantasy at this point.
0: Absolutely. Very fanciful. Who knows? I suppose they, anything could happen, but seems unlikely. Anyways, um Got anything else you want to say about RimWorld in uh, Australia?
1: Uh, not at the time. Uh, uh, get, give me a few weeks and I'm sure that something else will pop up because there's RimWorld and there's Australia and, they, and everything is trying to kill you. Right.
0: So, our uh, next topic comes from our community corner where that people can send us things. Uh, how can they do that if they want to, Rage?
1: Well, you can drop by the Discord, which you can find a link to that over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. Could can email it to us, or uh, you could tweet it to us, our Podcast, over on the Twitter. At least while that's still alive. We'll see how that right. goes. Yeah. Oh. I, think,
0: I can't believe yeah. we've made it this long without talking about that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah we're going to have to have a discussion on that if things uh, go down, right? Yep. I think... Okay, we're doing this. Uh-oh.
0: Because I'm about to start talking yeah so, in case someone who has been blissfully unaware, I'm so sorry to ruin this well, for you. well first you Elon- ruin
1: it for uh them uh, for Kim Kardashian
0: right um Elon Musk spent forty what was it forty four dollars or forty four dollars <laughs> God, that's how much twitter's worth uh forty four billion dollars to buy Twitter, yeah, he
1: really fucking hates that kid that's uh, tracking his flights huh.
0: I yes, I think this is hilarious. I, I'm sure this is a short-term market drop, but after he set up the deal, I don't think the deal is complete. I think that it's just like been announced and it has to like go through. So I'm curious if this is going to be one of Elon Musk's like Twitter stunts, but like the most famous one of them all now, like the granddaddy. But anyways, his stock uh for Tesla and SpaceX and the Boring Company and something else Dropped it you know, a total combined value of $117 billion. Damn. I'm like, yeah! Spend $44 billion on Twitter and watch your, you know, your companies and your net worth drop like a rock. I'm sure that's temporary, though. Market things like that usually are. But it made me smile. But anyways, fucking Elon Musk bought or is trying to buy or is buying yeah, Twitter. Yeah, he's talking
1: about unfettered free speech. This is not going to end well, is it?
0: No. Here's here's what's going to happen. That if anything really changes at all beyond a just like a marketing g- campaign of like we freed Twitter, which will probably come. But if anything changes very quickly, things will change back. Number one, Twitter has got, regardless of how sort of spottily they're enforced. Their code of conduct is designed not to protect its users, but to protect itself from massive lawsuits. If Musk pulls all of that back to, to scale down or eliminate moderation, he will get his ass sued into oblivion by all kinds of people. And it won't be people like me or you. It'll be other corporate uh, people.
1: How, how, how about I just pick one almost at random? How about the European Union? Right? Or or have you not seen that one?
0: No, I haven't seen that one, but I'm not Uh, surprised that he's pissed off the EU. Twitter must
1: comply with EU rules, official says.
0: Ah, yes. Good. But, so that's, you know, if, and that's a big if, like a very very small chance that that happens. Now, what might happen is that initially there's a scaling back of some of Twitter's protections, or, you know, Twitter's whatever, uh, moderation. And of course getting the... the
1: uh, idiots that they banned uh, back because right right
0: but then if when that happens we will see on twitter something similar to what happened with that like trump um pro trump social media like twitter clone or whatever uh, which one and he's almost, had a couple fail fair enough but the the one that i mean a couple of them imploded and one of them almost imploded and then they started moderating it like there's there's no scenario in which Elon Musk creates, quote-unquote, a free speech haven where that there's no moderation. Either he's sued into oblivion by other corporate entities and governments the world over, um, or the site just disintegrates. Because Twitter is a cesspool. I love to shitpost on Twitter, and I like to go and interact with the few, like, fun communities like Tabletop Stuff and um, the Battletech community and some gaming stuff, but Twitter's a fucking cesspool. And when you remove what little moderation there is, it will it will implode.
1: Well, I'm just re- uh, remembering the old Penny Arcade uh, 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 comic: uh, normal person plus an enemy plus uh, audience equals a total fuck quit.
0: Yeah. So good job, Elon Musk. Good job. I hope your value continues to drop.
1: But it turns out Penny the Arcade horrible, is still a horrible thing. Person. Huh? Yes,
0: I guess. I didn't know that they were still a thing.
1: Uh, latest good one is uh, from yesterday.
0: Well, yeah, good for them. But yeah, that's my very hot, very quick take on Elon Musk buying Twitter. I had a conversation with my kid the other day. I might have told you this on Sunday about how Elon Musk is a bad man.
1: <laughs> uh, Actually, no. So let's go for no. it. No
0: so we we listen to a podcast called business Wars um which just talks about um business sort of conflicts there's ones about airlines there's one about uh you know there was like coke versus Pepsi uh, Netflix versus Blockbuster, which I can't wait to see Netflix versus um you know telecom companies but anyways it's it's stuff like that, and the most recent one is Tesla versus Detroit, and it's you know the quote-unquote, the story of the rise of Tesla. And my kid loves Teslas and I, I see why. Like, Teslas are very sleek. Even the, you know, quote-unquote, economy models are very sleek and sexy-looking. Um, and he knows that Elon Musk kind of vaguely is because of SpaceX and, and Tesla. And he's like, wow, Tesla's so cool and Elon Musk is so cool. And I'm like, nah, eh, not really. And he's like, why? So then I had to have a conversation about how Elon Musk was is is on record as being racist and sexist and homophobic and transphobic and being just a very bad person who treats his workers very badly and lies all the time. Pretty much, manipulate uh, Steve people. Jobs. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a fair comparison that I honestly hadn't thought of.
1: But you're right. Well, I I treat Tesla as uh, the Apple of cars. Over- oh my god.
0: I've said that so many times recently over the last few days. Cuz some people because you know, Tesla's making Elon Musk and Tesla are making headlines. People are like, "Oh, what do you think about Teslas?" I'm like, "They're terrible. I wouldn't buy one. I wouldn't I wouldn't be caught dead with one." Even if it was given to me, I would sell it and
1: get something I else. I mean, just the repair costs, right? Yeah. And
0: Tesla doesn't conform to uh EV standards. Like, there are a couple, you know, it depends on which region of the world that you're in, but there are a a couple of standard sort of charging plugs and structures. And they're they're the fucking lightning cable. Yeah, and Tesla's the fucking lightning cable. So, from a performance standpoint, they are, at least the Model S and the original Tesla Roadster they are pretty high performance vehicles. I won't deny them that. But otherwise, they're just like Apple. You're, you know, you're way overpaying for the name brand. Just, it's like any name brand, really, any big name brand like that.
1: Yeah, give me the Malto meal uh, car, right?
0: I would love to have a Chevy Volt. I would like. Katie and I were talking about budget the other day, and and I was like, look, I know we can't do this right now. We've been talking about this off and on for a while, but we're in a position that within the next two years. I want, within the next five years, we're going to do solar panels on our house and at least one EV. And I said, you know, we'll pick one for two years and one for five years, and we'll talk more about it, you know, as time goes on, but.
1: I mean, honestly, I would uh, uh, probably wait for the solar panels because solar panel technology is really advancing. Yeah. But I would have to research it a bit more, just not, you off the cuff because, you both of which are major investment.
0: Yeah. I'm about to start researching solar panels to have a larger discussion about this. I know a little bit about EVs. Um, enough to make an educated purchasing decision and know what I'm kind of getting into. But solar panels, I don't know a lot about other than you know, hey, they're solar
1: panels. I mean, uh, in the last I want to say 10 or 15 years they've gotten a lot more efficient and there's also different models that have a more wider range of uh, of effectiveness, not just yeah, uh, direct sunlight or yeah. Uh, uh, they're they're more effective in shadier uh, uh, cl- uh, areas and with more cloud cover uh, than they were in the past. So yeah, uh, at least from my limited understanding, I Ani mean, and I have actually talked about uh, electric cars as well, but we just don't really have the uh, the place for it. We don't have a way to have a, a home charger outside of just trickle charging and where she uh, drives a fair distance, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. A uh, hybrid, perhaps.
0: Yeah. We're, we're looking at getting an EV, I'm or well I'm looking at getting an EV with about a 200 mile range that's enough to do any sort of point-to-point driving that we do. So driving to Chattanooga and back is within that range. Driving to Cleveland and back is within that range, and then you know being able to drive around at those places a little bit. But for some of the other stuff that we have to do, you know, we, like we need one EV and one gas-powered vehicle until uh, for, uh, there for, is actual for
1: your cult members to jump the lawnmower, right?
0: Absolutely. Let's not <laughs> let's not talk about that anymore.
1: Oh, uh, you know I, that I find... you know that's going to be a running gag now, right? Yes, yes, it will.
0: Anyways, let's let's go talk about this uh, this news article.
1: Yeah, uh, the one that we mentioned what like te- uh, ten minutes ago.
0: Yeah, PlayStation is seeking a senior director to lead its PC planning and strategy.
1: Uh, look no further, we're it.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, we're it. We'll be your huckleberry. Um, but it, you know the the article itself is very short. Um, basically. Uh, they're, I mean, they're looking for someone to sort of lead this, uh, department or division to grow their PlayStation's PC market. And that's about it. There's, you know, a little bit of fluff. They talk about some Sony's first PC ports, but then they kind of leave it at that as just like, you know, sort of a blurb. But I think that this says two things. Number one, Sony, maybe hopefully finally recognizes that the pc market is worth exploring and and diving into
1: finally right um
0: yeah and that number 2 that um that they're finally willing to compete in that space with microsoft don't get me wrong we've had this conversation before like as far as companies go microsoft isn't the worst you know they're still a mega corporation they are still Not great, but they're not an EA or an Activision. PlayStation, Sony is kind of hit or miss, but Sony could come compete in that market as being like, we're not a terrible company, we have our problems, we have our history, but also like we can do some good in this space. And I would love for there to be more competition in, in the PC marketplace. You've got some going on still between Epic and Valve, Like, yeah. But it's really, honestly, still not much of a contest. Valve is still king. Sony, or not Sony, Microsoft has probably been the biggest competition to Valve with Game Pass. Yeah, but that's something
1: completely different.
0: Yeah. If PlayStation, though, if Sony could compete in the PC marketplace with something genuinely on the scale of Game Pass, I think that we could stop, or at the very least, delay that slow roll from Microsoft kind of, building this huge, you know, gaming umbrella, and then starting to jack those prices up and, and start to gouge consumers. And I think, I mean, I think that's a good thing. I think I think we need that in the space.
1: Yeah, I mean, having a monopoly on any front never leads to a good place for the customer. Yeah. And having Game Pass, you know, kind of show that, one, this model works... When you're not a complete idiot with it, and you actually allow downloads and not focus solely on cloud gaming. Like, yeah, let's pick somebody at almost random. Amazon. <laughs> or Google.
0: That doesn't seem or, very or... random to me. I know, I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm being facetious, but... Oh,
1: I am too, so fair enough, right? Yeah. Uh enough. But actually putting out interesting content and having the deals to be able to run a subscription service and have one that actually has something, you know, having their first-party stuff and make it so that it, uh, it puts a little bit of a spin on things. So even though uh, Valve still has a... I don't want to call it a monopoly because it's not, qu- uh, it's not the right word for it. But even though they are the go-to place for uh, PC gaming. There's enough pressure on them to improve that it's not, right? Yeah. That they're not as stagnant it- <clears throat> as we sometimes joke about.
0: Yeah. Honestly, what I would like to see happen, and I don't think this is going to happen, I think that they're probably going to focus exclusively, or at least nearly exclusively, on on their PS5 and select PS4 titles. But I would love to see them just open up their back catalog, at least back to the PS3, maybe even back to the PS2. And it's like, have, you know, you pay $10, $15 a month to get access to all of these games. And yes, you absolutely can, at least for the PS2, emulate almost anything you want, quickly and easily and...
1: Not, not, that, major not, not that we know anything about that, of course.
0: Right, of course. Of course. Um, uh, PS3 is are, where
1: things start to get a little dicey on emulation.
0: PS three really gets dicey. I've tried to emulate some PS3 games and I have had extremely mixed results.
1: I haven't tried it in um, a while myself, but I yeah. I do remember that there's a big jump up in uh uh specs required.
0: Yeah. So um, i have
1: but the problem is that our cost benefit analysis uh are would they really wanna try to port those uh, t- older titles outside the you know, the big names
0: yeah and that was gonna be my next thing of like how would they do it though are they're they're probably not gonna release an emulator into the wild um you know the community has done enough to you know kind of Botch together their own. If Sony releases one that people can reverse engineer, and you know they will, then Sony—I mean, Sony's not going to want to do that. So you're right. How how much are you going to port these games? How many of them is worth it? Uh, I, I feel like at least for some of the major titles, it would be worth it. But I just don't expect Sony to put the effort in. At the very least, not in the beginning. Maybe if it becomes a success, they would. Start experimenting with that. I mean they are in the beginning, I mean they
1: are looking at some of the stuff like uh, the Uncharted series. They're starting with that on PC. Uh, it's I don't yeah. think they're going to the older stuff though, but alright.
0: Yeah, and the Uncharted series is one that I could see them, you know, doing. I'm just, because of how popular it is.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking at the uh the big releases here. Uh yeah, the top uh, Playstation three games and a lot of it is multi platform stuff though. So uh, maybe it's not as emphasis as, uh, or yeah, as uh, one side as I thought it was.
0: Grand Turismo and Armored Core are two that yeah. right off the top of my head. Yeah, but with uh,
1: yeah, but with how uh, they've uh, been treating Grand Turismo lately,
0: with how they've been treating Grand Turismo lately, absolutely, there's a demand for those over for those old bleh, no no no. I mean, don't, I
1: mean, do you really think that they would release uh, the old Grand Turismo without fucking it up? Oh yeah, you're right. That's what I'm saying. Sure they uh good point. Uh, they would easily uh be able to uh yeah you, know, uh, you know, do a slapdash remaster. Yeah, you know, uh get the AI algorithms <laughs> to upres uh the uh, stuff. Uh, assuming of course they would be able to get the licensing for the cars because yeah, you know, that's gonna be the big thing for Great Truismo. But Yeah. yo, know, they would uh you know, put in so much microtransactions, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're right. That's a
0: huge fear that they wouldn't just uh, a, a big fear and a of what feels like a very realistic possibility that they would just do that. They would mess with them instead of just releasing the games, you know, up-resing and releasing or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Little Big Planet would be interesting. I, I'm just I, I called up a list of you know the top uh, PlayStation uh, three games and for- I completely forgot about Little Big Planet. Yeah, and there's. Not really, something like that on PC. If uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, or at least not with the level of charm, you know. Yeah. Uh, Journey, which I think it, no, that actually did get a port uh, eventually. Now that I think about it, or did it? Uh, maybe I'm thinking of something different. No, no, yeah, no, no, sure. no, no, no. It did. Journey. No, it did get a port. Uh, like two years ago. Uh, I, I mean, a lot of these are multi. Uh. <laughs> Uh, platform- uh, the Last of Us, of course. I-, I completely forget about The Last of Us as well. I'm obviously not yeah. a-, a Sony person, huh? <laughs> uh, I-, I enjoy their controllers. They got that going for them, which is nice.
0: Which is nice. Uh, I don't enjoy their controllers as much, but that's okay.
1: Uh, But imagine playing The Last of Us with a mouse and keyboard, right?
0: Sounds lovely.
1: Sounds a lot less infuriating.
0: <coughs> Excuse me. Didn't uh, didn't catch that one time.
1: Well, you but sh- yes. Well, you should be uh, uh, sorry.
0: I am sorry, but yeah, I would love to see it happen. I would love to see something like that happen, or honestly, even some select ports, I would be okay with. But this is going to be one of those things. It's like it it will be what it will be. I don't expect them to do much. Yeah, I don't. I, expect I don't to expect. To the, their I, don't, in the water. I don't
1: expect the Man. Yeah, because that 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 was a system seller and a half. Uh, it still is actually. So yeah, I don't expect yeah, you know, their absolute A game, or at least you know, if we see something along those lines, it's not going to be for several years. Yeah, because they are still primarily yeah a, you know, a console focused company. Uh, they're not going to give up their uh, their box sellers.
0: Well, I mean, yes, but that was said about Microsoft too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but granted, I think Microsoft had a lot more incentives to
1: well. Well, remember they're also you know uh, uh, they're they already in the PC space, yeah, and they are raking in the money on the on the uh, subscription service now. That they've gone the Netflix model uh, before, you know, the fuck up,
0: the pre-imploding
1: Netflix. <laughs> See you in ten years, Microsoft,
0: right? So, yeah. Um, I think I think that's that. Do you have any other any other thoughts?
1: Uh, not about the, uh, uh that uh the site also popped up a th- uh, thing full of clickbait uh stories and there's thoughts there, but yeah, that's for another time. Th- right.
0: <clears throat> Fair enough. Well, why don't I tell tell the people like one one more time how they can do this, get stuff on.
1: Well, you could do so by emailing us vglpodcast at gmail.com uh, tweeting to us vglpodcast until, you know, Twitter implodes. Or you could drop by the Discord, which you can find a link to that over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. Right. So how do you feel about Discovery queue tonight? I could do a Discovery queue. Okay. Uh, as per usual, well, first we have to hit the music. Right. Uh, I have my Discovery queue up and running. And I have something that Is would be your speed if you like baseball, because I know how you love your spreadsheets. Out of the Park Baseball 23, it's essentially Eve meets uh, baseball simulator, (coughs) where you have a bunch of spreadsheets, a bunch of stats. If you're an absolute stat nerd for sports, uh, these games are up your alley. But right, Uh, they have Mm -hmm. uh, a series for hockey as well as baseball, so. hmm. And incredibly in-depth stuff. I mean, more so than I could really emphasize. Not exactly my thing, but eh, right?
0: Yeah, um, I have liked baseball games before. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, this is... I'm just
0: not a big sports guy.
1: Yeah, this is uh, the management style thing, you know? It's kind of the, uh, the, uh, the other side of the pendulum where we were talking about Euro Truck being too light on the management stuff. This one's a little yeah. too in depth for me, <laughs> right? So
0: okay, so I got uh, a game called Terraformers. Um, looks like it's a colony builder slash resource management game where you're colonizing Mars. Um, this looks more like a what's the right way to say it? More like a 4X strategy type game, um, but it's got I don't I don't know like this kind of. In some ways, it seems like it's deeper than other than some of the 4X games I've played, and in some ways, it seems shallower. Like, <coughs> this city's got little tiles where it looks like you'd build, build yeah, but buildings see that, on, but- which in traditional 4X games would be planets with the tiles that you have on them. Yeah, but
1: that ca- it- but that leader, he has hot tops on, so, right?
0: Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks neat. I like stuff like this. It looks like it's... Twenty bucks normally, it's on sale right now for eighteen. Just released this past week. So who knows? I might I might get into it. it looks like the, they're terraforming the red planet and making it green and little one little gifts, so good for them.
1: Woo! Woo! So I got Peglin. A okay. they say a Plachinko roguelike. And I'm looking at the screenshots and I'm only uh, thinking one word Peggle. Pegel roguelike. Or roguelike. Okay. And it looks like the Pagel aspect... I know that they can't say Pagel because, you know, copyrighted term. Uh, is controlling the combat. I'm actually stunned we have not seen a completely prof a Pagel until this point. I haven't seen anything that's kind of hit that, yeah you know, uh, that note for Pagel. And it's such a... Uh, uh, an, an easy concept or, or I shouldn't say easy concept a simple concept that, yeah. that I'm surprised that it hasn't been uh, yeah ripped off sooner or <laughs> maybe it has and I just and it's like in the mobile space I haven't paid attention to it but it's just I mean I'm looking at the uh, gif down at the bottom of the uh, store or store page and I'm thinking holy shit that does look like Pagel <laughs> yep. and, and, and I went absolutely mad for Pagel back in the day I do wa- Oh, I love. I, I do wonder if yeah, you know, it's deep enough these days. But considering it's controlling the combat of a roguelite, that could be plenty, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Do- Let's and, check it out, and, it's got a demo. And it does look like it the uh, uh the roguelite element uh, it's enhancing uh, the peggle aspect uh, in various ways. Yeah. They say that it's going to be roughly a year in early access, so we'll see about that. But that's definitely one to keep an eye on. It is a little expensive, but, yeah, you know, rug lights can have an absolute ton of content if done well.
0: Yeah, agreed. They're not my favorite genre, but definitely whenever I've found one or two in the past that I like, they are a well that runs deep. Um, but I got Sonic Origins, and the only reason I'm including this is because of our conversation earlier. You know, sort of a speak of the devil kind of thing. <laughs> Um, fuck this game. Uh, <laughs> go get the other ones. Um, you know, em- s- steal them, emulate. Actually, it's not stealing. It's it's corporate reclamation. Or he- They've taken away. Okay, Jim durability. Stephanie Sterling. Ah, uh, yes, I believe in that. I believe in corporate reclamation. That's a good comparison. Please continue to compare me to them.
1: Yeah, but you're not nearly as fabulous. No, a- I'm and, not. and I'm not convinced that you're gender trash either. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so I got Ember Knights, an action roguelite. Uh, uh, essentially a, uh, like, Binding of Isaac-style uh, roguelite with a little bit more hack and slash uh, mixed into the uh, mix. Very, uh, yeah, you know, stylized, uh, I would say late SNES-era uh, era graphics, or graphic style. Yeah, you know, very, yeah, you know, bright, colorful. All the- Gifts on that I see on it, it definitely uh, uh, it, d- it they uh, convey uh, well what they're doing, but they also don't go overly flashy, which is a huge problem I've had with some broke lights where there's so many particles on the screen that yo, you can't see what the hell's going on. So it looks like they have a good balance, and it's also co-op uh, available with one to four players. I do hope that they balance it well because that's also a problem whenever you uh, build for co-op. It's either too easy with friends or too hard alone. Right. So that's my second roadway for the day. Okay.
0: I got one of the most interesting games I've seen in a while. Trolley Problem, Inc. Charlie Problem Inc. is a darkly comedic narrative game based on real-world philosophical papers in which you are asked to make a series of impossible choices from two awful answers. Uh-oh. Wrestle with your moral compass, decide the fate of millions, and compare your choices with the rest of the world. And there might be... I, I get the, like, you know, they're calling it darkly comedic, so I'm assuming that they're very clearly trying to do something mm-hmm. humorous with some of these. But just the couple that I looked at were... Not funny, very dark, and I can. I'm I'm here for that. I'm here for that. It's like, what is this? Ten bucks? Feels a little expensive for what this is, but maybe it's not. Maybe there's a lot there that justifies it. I don't know. I'd have to check it out.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I'm just looking at uh, trolley poly ink, and yeah, they what they highlight is not yeah funny or dark, or I should say funny dark. It's just dark. Yeah. Uh, which I did see uh, a GIF on Reddit uh, uh, the other day that I forgot to save to send to you. It was a uh, a new uh, solution to the trolley problem. And it was. They flip the switch as the trolley goes over, so it uh, causes it to just get st- uh, de- derail and stop. <laughs>
0: right, that makes sense.
1: Uh, so I got Nightingale. Which is a survival adventure game. I mean, a very pretty and stylistic one, (laughs) right? Yeah. Uh, As in... uh, Let's put it this way. There's a deer with big looping (laughs) uh, uh, antlers that looks like it's a cross between a deer, a horse, a pig, uh, and uh, Eldritch Abomination, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure this has popped up because I'm... Uh, of a game I'm going to be talking, yeah, uh, talking about in a couple weeks. So, yeah, you know, survival game uh, with a dark fantasy twist uh, seems interesting at least, right? Yeah, a little bit of steampunk in there as well for good measure.
0: Yeah, so I got Dune Spice Wars, which I assume is uh, because of the more recent Dune adaptation re-release, whatever you want to call it. They were hoping to capitalize on that game's, or that game's, that movie's popularity, which it was apparently pretty popular with most audiences, um, and reintroduce Dune into the gaming space. The Dune real-time strategy game is sort of one of the, you know, quote-unquote, considered one of the daddies of of the genre with, you know, its inventive use of the right click, which feels so quaint, now, but like that was a thing that wasn't, you know, that had to be sort of invented. Um, there have also been some Dune narrative games that I remember playing when I was younger. Like I- I've always really liked Dune. Uh, I've read the first couple of books that exist in the universe. Um, I've read the quote-unquote, you know, titular Dune, and then I've read another books that's set in the in the universe. So I'm interested in this based on the setting alone. So it's made by the people who made Northgard. I have not played Northgard. I've heard good things about it. I have Northgard, um, but you know, uh, I'm definitely interested in, in checking this out. Um, it's in early access right now. You know, kind of the standard we expect to be in early access for for a year. <laughs> All
1: right. Yeah. Uh. So you done? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I got buggos. An RTS auto-battler where you direct a bug swarm to conquer the planet from the dirty, resident humans. So, it's essentially a, I would call it a reverse tower defense. Because the humans are actively trying to wipe out the bugs. Uh, uh, Sort of like you're the broodmother in, um... uh, Oh shit, now I'm blanking on the movie. Uh, Well, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, di- di- uh, di- directing uh, the bugs to kill humans and uh evolve and uh conquer things, right? Mm-hmm. V- very simplistic cla- graphics, but it is also on the cheaper side of things. I mean, it, yeah, uh, it looks like one of those games that you just like play on the secondary screen, right?
0: Yeah. What is this? Oh, interesting. Okay, so I got a, I got a couple that you had. I've got a new one, but I, I got Buggos, and then I got Peglin, and then I got Out of the Park Baseball. So I'm getting pretty close to the end of my queue. Um, but I did get this, the Hand of Merlin.
1: Well, um, just don't pull the finger of Merlin.
0: Hey-oh. Otherwise, we'll all blow up. Um, Yeah, The Hand of Merlin, turn-based roguelite RPG in which Arthurian legend meets with sci-fi horror, recruit mortal heroes to explore lands rife with otherworldly evil, make narratively binding choices and unique interactive encounters, and search for the lost fragments of your soul across the multiverse. Seems pretty interesting to me.
1: So, I got The Iron Oath. Uh, Command, endure, and prosper in The Iron Oath, a turn-based tactical RPG. Where the fate of your mercenary company rests in your decisions. I mean, this looks like essentially almost XCOM-esque in its uh, got tactical combat. Lo- or, 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 or I shouldn't say XCOM. Uh, Here's a mind of magic, really, hex-based uh, combat uh, with a, a lot of decisions and uh, 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 on building characters. And since it's a mercenary company, I imagine Parma Death and rotating in and out of characters. Right. It does look like it was a Kickstarter game, and it is also in early access as well, so this one is probably going to be long-term... Uh, yeah, uh, eventually comes to full release. And it does look like there are some unhappy people about slow development, so expect this to be a while. This is published by Humble, Bun- hum- Humble Games, so... I do think it'll eventually see a uh, full release, but right.
0: Yeah. So I, I finished my queue. I got um, uh, I'm, Nightingale. Yeah, I'm only halfway through then, mine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got Nightingale, and then I got uh, two porn games.
1: I haven't <laughs> hit And honestly, neither of yet. them look good. I haven't even hit a porn game yet. I feel gypped.
0: I guess if you've got six items left, I'll start another queue I and see what I get. I have five
1: left after this one. So I got Winklet at the little shop. Essentially a fantasy build uh, uh, your own yeah essentially traveler shop. Yeah. Uh, think uh, uh, capitalism hoe essentially. <laughs> right? Race yeah. a tear. I, I Blank for a moment. With uh, some light farming aspects on it and uh, building of uh, items. I mean uh, once again these games are very hit or miss, and I don't know anything about this company. And it looks like uh, they only have one other uh, game out, which is in my library for some reason. It's probably a uh, uh, from a bundle somewhere. Because right, yeah. Uh, th- there, there's been a few times recently. Oh, that game sounds interesting. I'll wish list it to, uh, to keep an eye on it. Oh, it's in my library. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah.
0: I've gotten two more porn games, I've gotten, alright, here's my first non-porn game that looks worth talking about. Um, It's called Prosperous Universe. Let me get you an Link, if you wanna look at it. Alright, Prosperous Universe. Start your galactic empire by trading on the real-time market exchange with other real players. Build oh god, build your first base from humble beginnings and watch your business flourish with complex supply chain strategies, economics, politics, and realism. Fuel this immersive business MMO. I thought it was a single-player game and it's an MMO. I'm going to leave it on my list, but fuck it, I'm out.
1: What, well, you don't need I don't a, to deal with this You shit. don't need another Eve?
0: No, I don't.
1: I mean, don't need that. I mean, that <laughs> damn, right? Yeah, Yeah. It it looks like Eve with uh, more spreadsheets and less graphics.
0: Yep. So what else you got? Uh,
1: So I got Traitors in Salem, which is the sequel to Town of Salem. Uh, Social deduction game where you're either trying to survive and figure out the bad guys, or you are the bad guy and you're trying to murder everybody. Uh, Lots of different classes with different roles and different abilities. And... I mean, I've never played the prequel. I know there it was really big with a couple people on the Discord for a while. Uh, I'm not sure if this is, uh, uh, yeah, worth it for uh, yeah early access just yet, but it's also not terribly expensive either. So, all right.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um. So I got Perfect Heist Two. Perfect Heist Two is a well. If it was a Perfect Heist,
1: why there need to be a sequel?
0: Maybe they spend all the money. Oh, shit. It says Perfect Ties 2 is a round-based online game where robbers try to hide in plain sight while robbing a bank, but they'll be noticed by the cop team.
1: This sounds like a game that you had last time. Doesn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: It seems to be an upcoming uh, thing where, yeah, you know, it's hiding in plain sight or, yeah, you know, uh, essentially... Prop hunt? Yeah, prop uh, hunt, uh, kind of, sort of. So... Oh uh, what the hell! I'll go for it anyway. I'm not. A, hey, I'm not 100 sure on this one, uh, but what the hell? Turbo overkill. Nice. Uh, I, it feels like old school Doom. Uh, just over the top badassery. <laughs> uh, uh, a little bit of Doom. A little bit of like uh, you know serious Sam. Lo- lots of movement. A lot of high speed. A lot of yeah over the top kills and a giant yeah. uh naked hologram lady in the uh in the city.
0: <clears throat> well, who doesn't want that?
1: It has a, like a almost a well I shouldn't say almost a cyberpunk feel on it as well. You know, Uh characters that are have like TVs glued to their head uh, where their heads are. Yeah. I mean just yeah, weird. It is early access though, so which it, they're expecting so, to not get early access until early next year or so, right?
0: Yeah. So I I, <clears throat> I finished a second queue. There were more porn games which I wasn't going to talk about because they didn't even look good. Um, and then that was pretty much it.
1: You know, I got another one that's because of a game I'm going to talk about in a couple weeks. Uh, uh A first person factory building game. Hint on what I'm uh, going to talk about in a while. Uh, But uh, set beneath the surface of an alien planet work alone or in co-op to build factories, gather resources, research new technologies mold destructible terrain, establish a base of operations, and uncover long forgotten secrets I mean, there's a lot of these games coming out now, so right, Uh, essentially first person factorio with maybe less punishment for actually playing the game alright Right. All
0: right. So, what? How many? How many? What? I'm on my Answer? last
1: one, and I'm looking at it right now.
0: All right.
1: And this feels familiar. <coughs>
0: nope. I did not meet that. My apologies.
1: <coughs> okay. I'm. I'm gonna throw this in because uh, it's a very, very mixed title, and it looks like it's. Oh, the, uh, the reviews are unhelpful, and that tells me it's. Probably popular enough that it has like, its own following, right? I've never heard of this one. Yeah. Um. Oh, Draza Dominion, which reminds me a lot of Realm of the Bad God. A multiplayer looks like uh, single life and then you have to restart. Uh, MMO bullet hell uh, shooter. Where you're going around collecting as much loot as you can until you die, then you do it all over again with Yeah, tons and tons of other people doing the same thing at the same time on the same map. That's why, yeah, very much feels like Drama the Bad God. And it looks like there's a lot of people that uh, is making the same uh, connection as well, for better or worse. But it also, it just, there's so much uh, just spam uh, reviews on this one. Even, right? Yeah, even for Steam reviews, which is frustrating. Oh wait, I had one more. I thought that was my last one, but what the hell? Uh, remaster of uh, Sam and uh, Max Beyond Space, uh, Time and Space, which is the Telltale Season One of Sam and Max. Yes, which they actually put in a fair amount of effort into, you know, trying to make it worthwhile because the way Telltale did it, some of the uh, jokes. Uh, in the early uh, game, or the early games didn't make sense later on. Or I should say, uh, didn't pay off as well as they could have because they weren't designed as well, or designed yet. Like at one point, you visit yourself in the future, and you're uh, and you're just standing in hell, uh, but because of the way Telltale was designing the games, they hadn't desi- had the final design of that part of the story, so they changed it uh, later on. Well, now you actually have, uh, in the remaster, um, uh, the proper kind of payoff, you know, being in that exact scene later on, which, gotta admit, I do, uh... And it was at this point that there was a sharp
0: transition into a post-script. Apologies for this, dear listeners, but, um, it was at this point that there were what we'll call technical problems, um... We have about 95% of this week's episode, so we're going to go ahead and release it at I- as is. do apologize for the abrupt ending here. Um, as always, our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLoyd. You can find his work over at Incomputech.com. If you're a listener or participate in our community, you already know where to find us, and I'm recording this before work Thursday morning. Um, so I hope you all have a lovely Friday and a lovely week. We will see you next time. Bye-bye now.